Folks, thank you so much for listening to the Twilight Zone Zone. My name is Jeremy Schmidt. I am one of two hosts of the show. Uh, we're doing a very special episode today. It is season three, episode 21 of the show called Kick the Can. Our guest today is comedian, stand-up comedian, uh, Alex Hooper, who is super funny. Check him out. He gives out his details at the end. You should definitely, uh, should definitely follow him on social media. Go to his shows. Help support, especially if you're in the LA area. Okay. I'm going to read a quick email before we get started, just to kick things off. It's from Jory Slodkey. Hello, Zone Zoners. I finally caught up with all 50-plus episodes of your podcast. Well, I admit, I skipped that April Fool's Day episode. Thanks, Jory. You should probably listen to it. It's pretty good. Anyways, on with the email. I recently listened to your episode about Judgment Night, where the Nazi submarine captain must relive his actions of torpedoing a passenger ship for all eternity. I watched the episode again not too long after. I still don't understand how the super American-accented underling feels so much guilt over killing civilians on one boat. As a member of the Nazi military, he presumably feels no guilt over participating in a system that kills six million Jews. And yet, this one boat bothers him? Maybe he assumed that Jews just don't do cruises. Ultimately, the show did a much better job of addressing Nazi atrocities and Holocaust in the Season 3 episode, Death's Head Revisited. Jory, I also agree with that. little side note. Um, on with the email. In the discussion, questions came up over Carl Lancer's accent. The actor who played Lancer is Nehemiah Persov. He was born in Jerusalem decades before Israel became a state. He immigrated with his family to America as a child. He is Jewish and told people he went into acting because anti-Semitism made him want to prove that he was worthy of life. Due to his talent with accents, he ended up paying a lot of, as IMDb put it, ethnic villainy. Amazing, this is in parentheticals, amazingly, he is still alive at 98. I wonder what went through his mind as he played a Nazi officer. Maybe he did it because in the Twilight Zone, evil is punished. Someone in the discussion also made the comment that Rod Sterling was obviously atheist. The reality is a bit more complicated. Sterling was born to an, uh, uh, I'm going to butcher this word, but uh, Ashkenazi Jewish family. And he went through sun, uh, and he went to Sunday or Hebrew school growing up. As an adult, he fell away from Judaism as a religion and he raised his children with Unitarianism. But he still found ways to show his Jewish identity and values in his work. He was the first writer to bring the Holocaust to TV with his 1960 Playhouse uh, 90 teleplay uh, in the presence of mine enemies. I feel like his commitment to showcasing social justice issues and his disdain for discrimination was also a way of expressing Jewish values and ethics. You can read more about his, uh, you can read more about his facet of his, you can read more about his facet of his background in this article. And there's a link to the article, which I am going to post to the episode. Uh, this was probably more than you would have ever cared to know about what was ultimately a so-so episode. Feel free to edit it if you read this out loud. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Jory Slodkey. I did not edit a single word of your email. I just read it completely uh, front to back because I loved it so much. Thank you for, for, for providing such amazing insight into this episode and this actor. I had no idea about that. Um, I think that that's really great. Also, Rod Serling in general. Um, I did know he came from a Jewish background, but I mean, like, I don't know, all of, all of the specifics that you provided were like completely unknown to me. Great job. Listeners, do take a, take a lesson from Jory here 
and do stuff like this. If you see something in the episode that you know you you know you know about that maybe we didn't get around to talking about, or we just had flat out wrong, you know, write in. We love stuff like this. Again, my email is jes0259 at gmail.com. Always would love to hear from you. And now without much further ado, enjoy the show. traveling through another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind, a journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Twilight Zone Zone. My name is Jeremy Schmidt. I'm Ron Leckler. Um, hey, dude. How are you? I'm okay, I'm good. (laughs) I like to start it out like we're doing a real radio show and then disarm you immediately with like an actual... Did it work? Yeah. Um, you doing okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Good. Uh, okay, we've got a very special episode today. Uh, we're doing a season three, episode 21 of The Twilight Zone called Kick, Kick the, can. the Can. It's directed by Lamont Johnson, written by George Clayton Johnson. <laughs> As brothers, probably. Johnson & Johnson. That's a family. Of course. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we also have a bit of news I want to go over right off the bat, and then, uh, but first I want to introduce our guest, the very funny, very talented comedian, stand-up comedian. Yes. Alex Hooper. Alex Hooper. Hello. Welcome to the show, my man. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited to hear this news now. Most stand-ups, when they come on the show, I'm like, I don't know who you are. (laughs) And I've never seen you before, but I would love to see you. But Mm -hmm. Alex, that's not true. I've actually seen you do stand-up. Oh, cool. Uh, That's good. A handful of times. We've been, I mean, miking. I remember when I first moved to LA and I was miking a lot, you you were there. I'm I'm I often go to those open mics. Yeah. I, I sludge through the trenches like everybody else. And big big fan of yours too. I actually Thanks. liked your stand up. I remember the what was it? New Gelson's bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah about going, about, it's actually it's a Sprouts bit. It's a Sprouts. But yeah, but okay. Enough. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, the new going to a new grocery store for the first time. Yeah. Very funny bit. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, audience if if you want to see that bit Go back in time. (laughs) (laughs) Do you still do it? it, It's on my album that's coming out in February, so listen to that then. So Mm -hmm. it was it was good enough to make the hour. Good enough to make the hour and a and a and a good a good bit. Where did you do your hour at? Uh, Meltdown. Meltdown. Very cool. Really yeah. good space. Yeah. Too. Very I, good. I just got the audio uh, back. I can apparent. I haven't listened. I'm gonna listen to it today actually because I just got it yesterday. I mm-hmm. recorded it through a special thing records and they told me they're like there are times when you can hear that meltdown cricket, but it wouldn't be the same if you couldn't. They said <laughs> if you listen to any, even on the meltdown show, they do an episode about the cricket. Yeah. Because you can always hear the cricket and there's almost <laughs> nothing you could do to isolate it and take it out. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they're like, look, you have you had a great set. There's times you're gonna hear a cricket, that and is that's so just the funny. way it is. And I was like, okay, it's <laughs> just that kind of place. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, yeah. There was a space in Dallas where me and Ron started kid comedy, where there was crickets in the vents. And uh, is this Dallas Comedy the House? Dallas Comedy House. Yeah, they yeah, had yeah, crickets yeah. in their vents, so like you would just hear loud ass crickets that were like amplified by the vent. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, always so funny, and what great fodder for your stand up when something doesn't work. You're like. Oh, wow, is there crickets here? Also, yeah. am I in a sex dungeon? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> call back to before we were recording, yeah, everyone. Yeah, call back to a bit before <laughs> we were recording. Circle right back. Um, so we got a little bit of news I want to take care of first. Uh, uh, do you want to read the intro? Yeah. Great. Uh, we always do like a, a Rod Serling type introduction. Intro, uh, great. So this is, uh, this is yours. Welcome to Setting Sun Rest Home for the Youth Impaired. For its inhabitants, it's a final stop on the decades-long tour we call life. 
a place to come to close your eyes and wait. Wait for sons and daughters who will never call. And ultimately, wait for the end. I'm bumming myself out. <laughs> but, there's, but there's one person you won't find there. This is Alex Hooper. A man young and spry with an outlook most unbecoming of a rest home. You'll find Alex across the street at the Alex Hooper home for the young and young at heart. Here. In the Twilight Zone zone. Oh, man. <laughs> I was pretty happy with it. When yeah. I Slam dunk. I love it. Slam dunk. All right, now onto the news. This is okay. days old, and I'm, I am i don't know if you know this yet, or who knows it, but uh, the Twilight Zone reboot. Yes. Jordan Peele is rebooting the Twilight Zone. So excited. The only downside is it's for CBS's all-access internet streaming service. Gotcha. So it's like a premium CBS. Okay. Does that mean that no one's going to see it? Yes. Yeah. That sucks. It will be CISO'd within a year. So. Oh, man. Hopefully it'll be so good yeah. that I'll at least want to pirate it. Yeah. Should I be saying that? Well, I, I don't know. Because uh, we had heard rumors that there was going to be like a Twilight Zone reboot by the guy who did Bioshock, that yeah. spooky video game. Okay. Also, Brian Singer was attached to do one back in 2012. Yeah. Um, um, but th- this one looks like it could actually be yeah. happening. And I'm really, really excited because I would love to see like the artful writing of Get Out, but yeah. like just in like a short form. Yeah. Like I'd love to see like ideas that aren't as developed as that, but can still like sustain episodes. Well, stuff. people are saying that Get Out was a lot like a Twilight Zone episode. Very much. Yeah. Um, I actually never saw Get Out. Oh, so worth your time. I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about Black Mirror on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because that's basically, I mean, you know, that basically was the Twilight Zone coming back yeah. to yeah. us. And a very, like, uh, technology-centric yeah. Yeah. version of the Twilight Zone. It's kind of like the foil to the Twilight Zone because a lot of the stuff is very dated because it's the 60s. And I'm sure this is all going to be dated, too, everything uh-huh. in, Black, in Black Mirror. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. but the Black Mirror is almost like warnings of the future. Oh, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, but man, it yeah. bums me. I can't even do it. It bums yeah. me out way too much. I've it's watched the first show. two episodes, it's, but it, oh, I love it. I'm just not yeah. emotionally ready for it yet. Yeah, you'll it's get a lot. There. You'll get I'll there. get there. Uh, so, Alex, before we get started, man, like, uh, what did you? Were you a fan of the show before? Have you never seen the show? Yeah, before? no. I, I've, I've watched. I've watched most Twilight Zone episodes. I binged uh, a lot when I was in college. Yeah. I had they used to just play them late at night on TV, yeah, yeah. and I would watch a lot of them that way. Um, I used to rent the anthologies from time to time that would have like four or five episodes oh, in one. So I mean, I'd seen like all the I'd seen like all the big ones. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then I went through and started watch trying to watch like season by season a little bit more. But it had been a few years since I had visited the show. Sure. So when I was asked to do this, I started scrolling through episode titles and stuff like that. Um, and then I was just very excited to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this one, this is one I hadn't, I actually had never watched the original of this episode that we're about to see, but I was like, why do I know this episode so well? And I realized it's because of the 1985, is it 85? Yeah, the, somewhere the, in the 80s, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the film that came out with mm-hmm. like the four stories, Kick the Can was one of them. This and is I was the like, Steven Spielberg one. Yeah. Yes. The one Steven Spielberg and it feels like one too. I mean, it yeah. feels like the story that suits him the most because it's like a, like vaguely a childhood adventure type. Yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like uh, and Scatman Crothers is you know who I only yep. knew from The Shining. <laughs> I was like, where are those giant <laughs> pictures of naked ladies with afros? Oh Why aren't they in this episode? <laughs> uh, but you know, I uh, I 
I really, I love The Twilight Zone. Anything with a good, anything with just great writing, good twist, and just very, just like fun stories to just kind of take mm-hmm. in that you, I really, I try not to ever guess where things are going. Sure. I always try to just let the surprise come to me. Sure. Like when somebody watched the movie, they go, dude, I figured that out in the first 10 minutes. I was like, I don't let myself do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't sit there going, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I just let the story hit me all at once. And yeah. then at the end, I go, oh, yeah. cool. Because it sounds like you're, this, this friend that you're talking about is like, Man, I just like to sit there and ruin it for myself. <laughs> yeah. Who does that? All right, it also it. sounds like you have, that sounds like a lot of more of a joyful experience, uh, experiencing media in general, as if you're kind of going into it like, I want I want to be watching it the way they wanted me to be watching <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Like, yeah. kind of like a rube, but you know, you're kind of like, well, I've never <laughs> seen anything way. before. In a good way, though. That sounds great. Yeah, I don't hate the village or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, look at that. That's, yeah. that's great. Oh, it was them. <laughs> <laughs> I love being tripped. I really do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, great. Oh, did everyone have a good Halloween? Oh, yeah. I did. I had a yeah. really good time. So fun. Halloween's one of my favorites. Did anyone have a, fall, uh, a fun Twilight Zoney Halloween thing happen to him this year? Um, anyone, like, be coming home and then you came to your house, but it was actually, you haven't lived there for 20 years? <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing that surreal. I went to a, a party afterward, and no one, I was Lux Interior from the Cramps for Halloween. And no one knows who this is. Yeah. Nope. He, he was like in a, Lux Interior was the singer of a, a punk band in the late 70s, early 80s called The Cramps. They're also a lot like the Misfits. They're oh, okay. pretty clearly inspired by like Iggy Pop. And uh, Lux Interior wears like gold tights and like a motorcycle jacket and mm-hmm. has really sunken cheeks from heroin. No one recognized me at all. Yeah. But then at this Halloween party, uh, this gal was like, oh, you're Lux Interior. I was like, what That's are you talking all- wow. about? And she was like, our band covered a cramp song tonight. And, oh, and wow. she was she was dressed as uh, Gozer from Ghostbusters, and the rest of the band was dressed as Ghostbusters. Oh, that's cool! Oh. Very fun. all you need is that one person. Like my yeah. friend, uh. my friend was Buddy Christ from Dogma, yeah. Yeah. and he's like, I don't think people are gonna get this. I was like, it's not about if people get it; it's about the one person <laughs> yeah. who does. <laughs> that's what's important. And then friends for life. Uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I had a great Halloween. It, to the point where this is the first Halloween where I was like, I'm bummed it's over. I've yeah. never really felt that about a holiday where it was like, like Thanksgiving. I'm always like, yeah, I'm, oh, yeah. God, I was, I'm, it's over now. Yeah, well, or Thanksgiving's like, not a, as fun of a holiday. Sure, it's sure. like it's like a, it's that holiday where you're like, it has to happen, so you remind yourself <laughs> yeah. Yeah. of like of the things that are important. But in the but Halloween is just the oh, I get to be whatever I want to yeah. be yeah. today. Yeah. It's uh-huh. a little surreal having this Halloween be over because I still own those tights. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them to me. I got plenty of tights. <laughs> I have so many <laughs> leggings and tights. <laughs> Um, all right, we're gonna go through the episode real quick. We're just gonna we're just gonna plot out the episode so yes. everyone knows, and then we can talk about it more in depthly, which is the be- which is the the, the dessert. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so uh, basically, uh, Charles Whitley, a retiree at the Sunnyvale Rest Home, um, he uh, so he starts. He opens the episode. He's he's uh, he's getting out. He's got his he's got a suitcase and his hat, and he's ready to ready to leave. By the end of the episode, you will kind of forget this is how the episode started. But oh, yeah. uh, because so much happens that's different, but this is the saddest thing that's ever happened. I think in a Twilight Zone, really other than bad. the guy breaking his glasses. Yeah, this might be the saddest thing of an old man who gets into his son's car. They drive <laughs> ten feet, and then he oh, gets man. out, and he's not leaving. He's not moving. The son's like, "Dad, I said we talk about." Oh it. my god! And he's just like. Old men who adopt, and that's what this episode's about, old men who adopt childlike behaviors, yeah. or old people that adopt childlike behaviors, it's the saddest 
It's tr- it's very tragic and it's very like real, mm-hmm. visceral, real world tragedy. Yeah, it's de- too. it's dependency. It's yeah. like you go right back for you were like you had you had years of independence when you were an adult and you raised these kids and then you're going right back to being like, but I need you. Yeah. It is it is probably one of the sad. Yeah, watching like a, a young boy with his baseball mitt and his dad forgot to pick him up. Oh That's about as sad as watching an old man with a baseball yeah, mitt and his son forgot to pick him up. <laughs> yeah, it's really not different. Oh, yeah. Man. Um, so he goes back into the, the Sunnyville home. He's got a really codgery roommate. Uh, yeah. uh, uh Russell name? Collins is the actor named Ben Conroy. Ben Conroy. Um, he's just, real he's always in his, uh, robe and <laughs> yeah. he's like, uh, talk about the noise. Oh, it's so much noise. It's the middle of the day, but he's wants to sleep, I guess. He doesn't like that there's noise. No. Um, so, uh, Charles decides that basically... He's going to, uh, uh, he, he comes upon the, uh, the, his hypothesis is, if you just keep playing kick the can like a child, if you keep adopting childlike behaviors, that's what actually secretly keeps us young. Yeah. And his point, his, 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 uh, his evidence is, don't you remember, once we stop playing games, that's when we started getting old and dying. Yeah, there's actually, I wrote down a quote, you decided you were an old man and that has made you old. Mm-hmm. That, that like... I shivered even hearing you like say yeah, that. Was, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's he was actually pretty blunt about kind of telling us what the yes the center of the uh-huh. episode is going to be like a good improv scene. Yeah, very <laughs> what are we watching? Just right tell there. us, I mean, tell yeah. everybody. Pineapple. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's very yeah. So uh, so Charles almost immediately once he decides this starts behaving like a child. He kind of dances around, skips around, starts. Starts uh, p- poking, making fun of the other retirees. Plays in a sprinkler. Plays in a sprinkler, <laughs> and then next yes, when do. the um, I guess the warden of the uh, <laughs> I don't think that's what that's called. Yeah, whatever he is, whatever this guy's name is, uh, Mr. Cox, I think is his name. Good name for him. Too. Uh, yeah, yeah. He uh, he's he sort of runs the show, and now he's bummed because now he has to put this guy in like solitary confinement or whatever it is. Yeah. Retire home, retirement home uh, a, equivalent. A, there's like a, a separate ward where he's going to be alone, which is like <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's how it works either. Very crazy. Um, so uh, and I guess that's just because he's acting sort of like what, like someone with dementia. Someone who's, you know, becoming senile is, is acting, so I'm sure that's what they do. They just lock him away in a case somewhere until they die. <laughs> case. Uh, so this happens. Uh, so Charles, uh, one last kind of hurrah, wakes all the residents up, tries to band them together in like a, as like a team uh, to like uh, play a game outside. Yeah, a game of kick the can. game of kick the can in hopes that they'll all not die, I guess. I don't, I don't know what he thought was going to happen because what happens... Is bananas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they all break out, sort of like, uh, uh, you know, uh, of like, like, a, like the Great Escape, but like for old people. <laughs> and they go outside and they start playing uh, kick the can. And when the the Mr. Cox comes out and the curmudgeonly and, uh, Conroy Conroy, who's been like, Nah, I don't want to play. Yeah. When they go outside, they see a group of kids in the middle of the night playing kick the can in the forest. Very creepily. Pretty spooky. Pretty yeah. spooky. All yeah, these kids yeah. in the forest sort of like just watching. Yeah. And uh, and that's when Conroy realizes what had happened is that they all went out, they played kick the can, and turned back into children, and now he wants in. Yeah. But he can't. He blew it. He blew it. He blew it. He could probably, realistically, he'd still probably go up there and kick it. I'm just saying. That I know. Did, you know. I, well, I was thinking he should have just chased after the kids. Yeah, in the just, forest. I, I think, think I think he would have became he would have become a <laughs> grandfathered in. So yeah, the, I think they would have grandfathered him <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah, uh, and um, yeah, 
and that's pretty much it. And when the and when Mr. Cox comes back, he's like, "Quick, I think they went into the orchards. Let's go." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then uh, Mr. Conroy says, uh, "Oh, you can go in that orchard, but you won't find them." Yeah, ever that's again. a really spooky thing. Yeah, to say. very very <laughs> spooky. Uh, and that's pretty much the end of the episode. Yeah. The point of the episode. It's so clear because they explicitly tell you what it is, mm-hmm. and by the end of it, it has a really rewarding payoff. It does. Yeah. Uh, of where I think, like Alex said, I didn't see that necessarily coming. I knew what the episode was about in theory, yeah. but by the end of it, I didn't know they were all going to turn into kids. Right. Uh, that and that and that was. Uh, I I I found this episode to be very satisfying. What do you guys think? I uh, I remember this episode wrong. I thought that he was the only one that turned into a kid. Mm-hmm. I just remembered it wrong, but now, like, watching it again, I realized they had an opportunity for, like, a very happy ending, and they did not go for it, because yeah. Conroy is so disappointed, and you can tell he regrets that how wrong he was. Until he realizes, oh, I got the place to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sleeping in any bed I want. Now I can go inside and listen to George Thurgood. Yeah, yeah. He just puts on sunglasses. Yeah, that's great. In my memory, I had remembered, I had remembered that, like, they had a moment of the, that they were children, but then they went back to being, like, old or something. Like, like sure. that's what I had remembered in my mind, but that's, no. It just ends yeah. with them, their children, and... Yeah, yeah. it's weird that we, bo- we both remembered it wrong, but I there was, like, a crux of it that I did understand, but I couldn't remember everything. Because, mm-hmm. um, Alex, you and I had talked about, like, uh, picking, like, the right episode for you, and when yeah. you told me this episode, I was like... All my ideas for what you should do were so wrong when I realized, when you picked this one. I, I just think you well you, you I think, do you have any suggestions based on like what other people have done because I don't want to obviously I'm looking through the list and I'm not going to repeat anything but uh, really it was when you said you should pick a happy ending like something that's happier other that's on the happier side of things. Sure. So I literally googled just <laughs> happy ending Twilight Zone <laughs> I did the same and thing. started just looking at all the ones and I was like oh that's a good one that's a good one. and then when I saw and then I was like oh kick the can like that's just Perfect. you know yeah. it's something. That it's something that I think about a lot of just <clears throat> of just my youthfulness and how I try to maintain yeah. this air about myself and uh and that you know getting older I'm not afraid of getting older I'm afraid of deteriorating and that's yeah. really what it comes down to sure. is that is that there's a point people always say like like how old do you want to live to I want to live to the age when things I want to I want to knock out when things are going more downhill than uphill. When it sure. becomes more of like uh, I got to go to the doctor again this week. Like uh, that's when I'm like uh uh-uh. uh. And that's my biggest fear is like my joints just because I'm very active and my joints just falling apart. Sure. And there was a line in there where they said like it's the running I miss the most. If I could run, it wouldn't be so bad. Oh yeah, and that was the, someone the idea of missing running. Yeah, like because they've clearly not done it in so long right. that the idea of running is like a distant memory, and that's crazy. I tell people this all the time i do a cartwheel once every few weeks to to make sure i can still do a cartwheel yeah because there will be a day when i go to do it and it won't happen (laughs) that's the day you die yeah (laughs) because you will (laughs) that's it if i can't cartwheel i'm broken immediately there's there's like this uh this holistic living thing where you're supposed to you're supposed to go from like laying to standing every day so that you can know that you can do it and it just like keeps you able to do it every day if you're like going if you're like laying prone and then going to standing straight up if you like practice it it's a it's like a skill that doesn't go away if you like keep it sharp it makes sense like i think about i really do think about that like i i do try to i try to run i try to jump i try to just be like a little kid all the time because like i really do 
like when I see when I see a sixty year old guy doing runyon with just so much vigor, yeah. I'm like you. Oh I want to be you. Like yeah. I want to like that's that's what I want to aspire to. I, I saw a seventy year old man at a rock climbing competition, and I'm Dude. like, yeah. sir, yeah. teach me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I agree. I I I think that that's uh man, and it's making me think like, yeah, I should I should find more. Uh, like uh, heroism in stuff like that because that really is like a, that is like a good goal to have it's like to be very active when you're older like I think a lot of times we have well also I think in our in, in culture and society we're taught to be very present right now being present is a very big sure. thing which I think is true be very present but also like don't be so present that you are a gluttonous maniac who is uh, not setting themselves up right for the future. Yeah. I think that's very important. Yeah, that's practice crazy. a little foresight. Yeah. But also... Yeah. I wish, I wish there was a way to keep your mind, but I think a lot of it has to do with genetics of like, like I don't wanna, I want to... I want my mind to be super active when I'm older. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't want to have done so much damage now that I... <laughs> I'm like... Uh, I'm like, look, a lot of my grandparents met very un... Uh, what would you call it? Uh, like, uh, not, uh, they ended very badly of no. like their, of like their mind being completely oh, sure, gone sure. Yeah. in a it's home tragic, yeah. screaming through the halls like a zombie, yeah. you know? Dementia is terrifying. That is so terrifying. Yeah, it is really uh, yeah. scary. Uh, I was going to ask, I, I had like a, a bunch of questions that this episode made me want to ask everybody, but yeah. like, what are, do you guys have experiences with like old folks homes and restaurants oh, yeah. and stuff like that? Like what's. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my grandmother was fully sharp to the point where she was doing she was an actress so like her whole life like professional actress since 19 she did a one woman show at 92 oh my like god like she was so sharp right <laughs> and then when she was 94 like the the dementia really started like kicking in like wow. it's, it's bad on my mom's side of the family and, and the women and I and I literally watched her to the point where she I would go visit her in an old folks home and she would just be like I'd be like hey it's me Alex she's like what are you do and I'm like I'm an actor and a comedian in LA and she'd go my grandson is an actor in LA <laughs> and I'd be like yeah I bet he's the best <laughs> sounds like a real gem you got yeah, on your hands you know but like it was it was really crazy to see and, and to me it wasn't it was almost it was sad but at the same time it was almost just like you're almost dying with a fresh start like I feel yeah. like you were I feel like she was gonna like like she was gonna be on her deathbed with a bunch of like like who are all these people watching me die? This is just so yeah. weird. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> it's just you know they're brutal. My grand, my both my grandmothers went into them, and you know they had nice little apartments. It wasn't even like like in this one they're all like in bed, like they're all all their beds are in the same yeah. room. They yeah. had their own apartments, but they were still they were so clicky. Do you did you ever have you oh, heard I didn't, that? I've never noticed. That. It's like a high school yeah, in there. Yeah, like some of the girls play over here, and you can't join them because you're new. We don't oh, want you. Wow. Anymore. There there are people at the old folks that my grandmother does not like, and is very, way too vocal about it too. Well, I mean, think about it. It's basically, you don't like everyone that you come across, no. and not everyone's going to like you. And, and, and in that you're situation, all shoved into this thing I would, I would also feel very strongly about people that I was forced to be around, oh, probably oh, yeah. more than, like, you know, of places at your choosing, yeah. you know, like... Uh, there, there's, like, another woman at this old folks' home uh, that has dementia and, like, screams a lot. Yeah. So it's, like, a dementia thing, and my grandmother's like, oh, she's so annoying. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's like tragic, but my grandmother doesn't get the tragedy part of it. She's just like, oh, this lady. You don't think your grandma does? Because I think it's like she's staring into the future oh, when maybe. she sees her. It's like, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't like the screaming woman either because it's like, that, that could be me. Any and this is her contemporary. Day now. Sure. Whew. Uh, yeah, I do not like them. I, I, uh, I remember in Mississippi, which is probably... If I was going to be in an old folks home anywhere, I wouldn't want to be one in Mississippi. Yeah, that's no. for sure. Uh, that's where my grandma uh, lived and stayed and was in an old folks home. And I remember going there and being like hidden in like this backwoods area and like just, just like, like Zillow zombies, people just being out in the woods and on the lawn. Like when you drive in and there'd just be people standing. Yeah, that's spooky. Frozen. Kind of like Shutter Island when they come to <laughs> Shutter Island. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember going in and it being just people screaming and then crying. And then they always, I just remember like old people grabbing me as a, as a kid and just kissing me. And my parents just being like, oh, well, they're old, you know, so you gotta. Yeah. Like I gotta let them do this because it was like, t- it was like terrifying. Sure. And just like, yeah, just like the idea of like, you don't know where you are most of the time. You don't know. Did you guys watch BoJack Horseman this last season? I'm, I'm only like halfway through the season. Oh, okay. The fourth season. There's a great yeah. episode that has to yeah. do with an old folks. Yeah. Home. People who've seen it know what I'm talking about. Sure. But uh, they kind of do it from the perspective of someone who's a resident at an old folks' home. That's and especially once their mind is going and, like, what they might be perceiving is going on. And yeah. it's just, it's awful. It's It's got to be awful. Um, I don't know what the alternative is. I guess just get rich enough to where you can have uh, in-home care yeah, I mean, when it's you're e- old. It's either, because I, <laughs> I think about a lot of, like, of, like, my parents being like, Alex, we need to move in with you or something like that. And, you know, there's there's something to that. Like, but at the same time, I don't want my, my no. parents no, nobody. to live with, live with me. You know, it's, yeah. it, it sounds terrible to say, thanks for raising me, but... <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, thanks. yeah. But it really... I have a joke about old folks homes that I've been doing for years where I just say it's it's like people don't consider the positive that it's basically just college too. <laughs> like you, that your that your kids have to pay for you to go to college again. Yeah, yeah, and, sure. you know, and like and it's just it's always been a joke I really like cuz it ma- it does make me feel better about the whole situation. Yeah. Um, I think there's something to that joke too where I think that actually might be true in some cases where like you said somebody sometimes it's like they have apartments and it's like it's yeah. it's great they have like cool events and they get to go to yeah. Britain and, yeah and and you get bussed around everywhere yeah um because um, I'm I'm I'd rather have my grandmother live in the old folks home where she lives now than alone in her house with yeah like all these like relics and of, all the ghosts and yeah the, of a life that she's not living in because even if you make one friend even if you yeah. make yeah even if you have one person in there where you're like oh I get to hang out with this person every day and yeah. we we yeah. play gin rummy mm-hmm. and yeah. whatever old folks play yeah <laughs> I, I always play gin rummy with my grandmother she smokes me she's yeah. way better at it than I yeah am. uh that's great um so I guess uh man also too like I was, I was thinking just about like the I guess the old folks' homes that you might have gone to, like, in the 60s, like, when this episode took place. Sure. And that actually looked pretty good, from what I could tell. Yeah, I mean, Um, for the 60s, and as far as they go, I mean, there's, like, a lot of beds in a room. Yeah. uh, But it's certainly different. It's not, like, it doesn't look like a medical facility. And the one my grandma's in feels very sterile. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Uh, so also, I, I, the the kid, the the child like element of this, I thought was very done very well. I loved uh, when uh, the friend, like Ben Conroy, comes yeah. out at the end and he's trying to address the child. I love the performance of the kid, who's just like his face is just so blank and like stranger danger kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it was done so well of like this kid who like was just like 
who are you and what are you and yeah, get, get away from me. It's not like, I know you, don't you remember who yeah. I am? It was just like, uh, whoa, yeah. like, how did you get here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, like, get, like get, get, yeah, and then just he just books it. And in my mind, I'm like, I wonder if inside Charles Whitley's like, I know, I know who that is, but yeah. like, but like, you should have came with that. You know what I mean? Like, there's that element of like, uh, nah, man, you had your chance. And it's like this, just it finally, really, and it's all done by this kid's just like blank expression, staring back up. Yeah, it's yeah. all like that for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was really, it was done very effectively. I thought it was very creepy. Yeah, uh, all the 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 um the kid stuff in it. By the way, did you know that Stranger Danger? This is like an aside, but you know that the kids these days are not taught to say Stranger Danger anymore. They're taught to say Tricky People. Really? Yeah. Tricky people? Because strange... Like magicians? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) The idea is that someone's being tricky towards them. And so this way it's not... It can be not strangers anymore. It could be your uncle. It could be your cousin. It could be somebody... That's actually really responsible. Also, tricky people is terrifying. Yeah, it is. Like, that is a a creepy thing. If my kid came up and was like, hey, there's a group of tricky people over there, I'd be like... I'm just picturing ten Slendermen, just like by yeah. a by a burning trash can. Well, it's strange. Like <laughs> at this point, Stranger Danger is barely even a thing because like parents just dump their kids in Ubers all day. Like, will, you just, will you just take my child yeah. here, please? Yeah. Uh, all my Uber drivers are tricky people. Oh, <laughs> tricky people. Number one doesn't rhyme. Not a fan. I yeah, just, it yeah, needs yeah, to yeah, rhyme yeah. for it to be effective uh-huh. to me. Also, I feel like. If you're going to change the nomenclature, you also because none of us knew about it. Yeah. So you got to tell adults too. Otherwise, we're not going to know what it means. Like, what about creep peeps? Creep peeps. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Creep peeps. It, it rhymes. Creep peeps. I like. I, 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 to me, tricky people is so uh, it's so visceral. Yeah. It makes me sick. I'm like, what do you mean he's being tricky? That it just like it's like so. Uh, Stranger danger is like, oh, obvious. Yeah. Tricky people is like that. I'm imagining horrifying things. Well, because it's like <laughs> it's like it sounds like you're just not. You don't let your kids see a magic show. Uh, yeah, maybe. Fair. I don't know. If I don't know. The idea that Uncle uh, Rick is being a tricky person, I'm mm, like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Smell his fingers, I promise. He's tricky. <laughs> He's so tricky. Uh, um, I, I thought that Conroy was a really interesting character. because yeah. I wrote down this thing that he said that I thought was so interesting because this episode felt really like dystopian to me because there's this one character that is the only clear-minded person and he's called senile immediately yeah because he's trying to have a good time and that's really all he's doing yeah and there's a part where uh after he's like acting young they threaten to put him in like a senile like a separate ward and conroy is like whispering to him he's like you gotta act like everybody else yeah yeah and that felt like a like a philip k dick yeah yeah yeah. kind of like the premise of like a weird it's a very kurt vonnegut y Mm -hmm. Thing yeah. where to, that's what you have to, to protect yourself. You have to like submit mm. and like keep well, acting. One cold. of the themes I wrote down was just dare to be different, and people aren't going to understand. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Uh, yeah, so perfect and so absolutely. True. Yeah, I uh, I thought that, I thought that was very good, and like um, it's just like this big representation. Like, I I always love like ageism in stuff too, and I love like I I, I it, it made me it's it was so inspiring to see a, a story that took place with all old people. I don't think we see enough of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On television, and also this idea of like uh, uh, old people sort of like. Uh, breaking out and being virile and like uh, and like you said like dare to be different kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it was inspiring. It was like there's it so really much was. there's so much untapped stories here. Yeah, totally. like of, of of things that take place with uh, with very capable elderly yeah. people. 
I remember, like, because I was thinking about this episode before I watched it, and I, I was positive I was going to watch it and think that it could have been a lot shorter. But then when I watched it, I was like, there's really not a lot of wasted moments. It's, no, there really, 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 is... there really aren't. It's They capitalize on every opportunity, and it doesn't, it doesn't, like, I actually remember there even being more to it than there sure. than there was. And then I was re- I realized, I was like, I paused it at one point to write down a quote, and I was like, I'm 19 minutes in, like, they're not even outside yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, really, there's really a lot to it. I think it's because when you, I liked when you said it was like inspiring because there's so many adages that are applicable to this episode. Like you're never too old, blah, blah, yeah. and uh, you're only as old as you. Blah, blah. <laughs> you're and, never too old to vote for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> this episode Make America just, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this episode just feels like kind of like a literal interpretation of sort of, like, sayings that we've heard a million times ah. and just kind of, like, lets it play out. Yeah, there's something kind of, like, uh, uh, parabolic about it. Like, oh, it's like really? a parable. Like, a little bit of, like, a like a, like an old, like a old, like a story, like a legend. Yeah. The legend of Charles Whitley, the guy who became a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, the lesson being you don't want to be Conroy. You don't want to be left behind. Don't want to be, like, mean old Conroy, <laughs> says, says Hitler. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I, I really love the... Uh, the, uh, the closing narration, I'm going to read it for us, uh, but there's, there's something curious about this closing narration, which I really liked, that mm. um, kind of twists, I think, uh, the Twilight Zone up a little bit. But uh, so Sunnyvale Rest, a dying place for ancient people who have forgotten the fragile magic of youth. A dying place for those who have forgotten that childhood, maturity, and old age are curiously intertwined and not separate. A dying place for those who have grown too stiff in their thinking to visit the Twilight Zone. Ooh. What that means is the the world in which Ben Conroy lives is not the Twilight Zone. It's the world that Charles Whitley escapes to. Sure. Is the Twilight Zone. Which I thought was such a weird take for Rod Serling to have on the Twilight Zone. Yeah. That in this case, it's actually not a place you'd wish to escape from. It's a place that you'd want to retreat to. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's part of why it's like a happy ending type episode. Yeah. It's just a weird way of framing it, where usually the the, the, the Twilight Zone itself is such a villain or a menace yeah. to the characters sure. in it. But in this case, it was like, no, these you wish you wish you were here, baby, but you're not. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's the it's it's just the circular aspect that life is all just it's all one thing. You're not young or you're old. Like you're just it's all part of the same space. You yeah, know? totally. Um, there's a, there's a little bit of a, some trivia behind this episode. Did anyone have any other thoughts about the plot or like wanted to expound on any themes in the episode before we kind of move on to some? I wrote, I wrote down uh, just making the most of your time and being believing just but be, just believing in things yeah. believing in the in the power of your thoughts and your actions yeah. that you can make a difference and change things yeah. and then also just uh, just the fear of being left behind at yeah. the same like with Ben at the end he really just has that moment of like I should have just yeah. gone with him yeah. like I I now I'm alone should have okay. got on the rowboat but now I'm just on the Titanic <laughs> yep uh, I like. They keep using the word magic. Yeah. And the, they use it a lot in this yeah. episode. And I thought it was really interesting because it's kind of the way he's using it, it's not exactly what magic means. Right. Uh, because he's using it, like, talking about, like, kick, playing kick the can keeps you young. It's it's magic. And it's, it's kind of like when they say that, uh, like, a mom 
working two jobs and then still having time to drop their kids off at soccer, that's a miracle. Yeah. Right. I'm like, yeah, that's not what miracle means, but yes, yeah. it's to, that's the practical yeah. use. This is like the... Pra- this is practical magic. Yeah. The movie practical well, magic. I, I, well, I like that it starts out that way. Of yeah. Like, but it actually... Through him just believing in it being magic yeah. becomes actually magic and having actual magical totally. properties of like turning you into a kid. Yeah. I thought that was very good what you said about like just believing in stuff and mm-hmm. like still seeing like kind of like uh, the world in this in this sort of like wonderment way. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you guys? This is gonna sound like a weird thing. I used to do a bit about this on stage, uh, okay. but I want to pose this to you guys. Uh, so I I learned about uh, uh, dragons at the same time as I learned about dinosaurs when I was a kid. Sure. And I got confused, and I thought that they were, like, the same. So I thought that, like, back in the day, there used to be, like, dragons. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's crazy. I think most kids thought that, like... But I thought it, like, till I was way too old. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, I think, it was, I think I was, like, literally, like, 19 and in college, and, so, and, I, and I didn't embarrass, but someone just mentioned, like, dragons, you know, the mythical creatures from, like, the blah, blah, and I was like, mythical creature <laughs> i just like in my oh, mind sure. just it just clicked i was like oh that's why i always see dragons in like this context and dinosaurs <laughs> in a different context so are chinese people crazy <laughs> <laughs> so i was like so in my mind i was like but i was like you know what though that took a lot of magic away from me sure, and then and then, and then there was a part there's a part of me that was just like you know jeremy you can believe <laughs> anything you want yeah it's true and to this day i still kind of like privately choose to believe things that doesn't hurt anyone else it's not like i don't like privately choose to believe that like one uh group is less intelligent than you know what i mean i'm not like it's not like <laughs> not uh, willful ignorance i'm uh, not different. willful ignorance but it's like it's like it's like if i want to believe that fucking dragons used to exist okay. it's not hurting anybody it's not hurting anybody no. while i'm watching game of thrones i can be like yeah maybe Right? Maybe. Why not? Is there anything you guys have like that at all? Where you kind of just like, you know, I know this is bullshit. I think that's a lot of people, for them, it's like religion. A lot of people are like, no, like, I know it's there's nothing out there. But believing in it helps me. I don't know. Do you guys have anything like that? I, I have a thing that, like, this is not the exact same thing, but I have something that I just found out way too late that I had been wrong about. And it was that uh, I thought that Washington, D.C. was in Washington State. Okay. And I found out when I was 20. <laughs> wow. Really? And, like, I, uh, and I, like, had to be discreet, like, I was joking. And, I man, I wasn't. Yeah. I just thought, uh-huh. ugh. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of, like, s- stuff that I, maybe karma? But I don't, I still don't know if that's, like, sure. even yeah. silly to. I, I, I used to laugh of, uh, over karma, but then, honestly, when I did start becoming a better person, just my life did genuinely get better yeah. so i was kind of like i mean you know there is something very real about just energy you put out there yeah, like you I know so. yeah. most most of the time if you are a really good person that works hard like you're not gonna have a terrible life yeah. bad things will happen to you but oh because bad things happen to everybody but overall it's, sure you know mm-hmm. but i don't believe in the direct of just like well i did something good today so i'm gonna sit around and wait for it to come back yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. karma's tricky too it's tricky people yeah. because what it does is it, it, it causes you to sort of do things out of a weird motivation rather yeah. than just being good to be good you're kind of like oh i did my good thing so can't wait for that to come back. Let it roll on in. Yeah, yeah. let it. Yeah, um, uh, it's keep... sort of like the idea of like a, another religious concept is like tithing. It's like uh, when you give oh, money sure. to a church, you're supposed to get back a ton of money. 
uh, is what people it's, believe. Yeah, that's never happened. Um, yeah, <laughs> every time uh, I get to church, it yeah. never uh, comes back. I, uh, a friend of mine uh, who's like really into crystals and stuff mm-hmm. gave me like a rose quartz, mm-hmm. and I, I keep it in my jacket pocket because mm-hmm. it's not hurting. No, to have it. Uh-uh. I, I I don't earnestly believe in it. Yeah, but. I, I don't I didn't throw it away. Yeah. So I mean that must be something. Right? I have a Himalayan salt lamp in my apartment that my girlfriend claims is better for me. I don't know. <laughs> really? I, I just I just yeah. I'm just like all right. Well, don't turn it off then. Just, just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 leave yeah, it yeah. on at all times, please. If it's supposed to be good. Yeah. Uh, Anything that's like true because you believe it is a miracle to me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I, I I think I think life is quite a bit more fun. And I think that you, in turn, become a, a little bit more of an open-minded person when you kind of break away from just what's pragmatic and practical and start to see things as like, well, maybe. If everything yeah. is kind of like a, well, maybe. maybe you know, hey, if you like this incense, it's supposed to ward off evil spirits. Well, hey, maybe. Sure, why not? I don't know. I don't even know what. What do you mean? <laughs> you when something bad doesn't happen to you, you know, well, maybe it was the incense, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, totally. I, I think I, I think that it just uh, plus it helps you empathize with people that otherwise I would I, I would feel like I would consider them to be kooky. You yeah, know? sure. A lot of a lot of crystal people it, with a different framing. I'm like, you're a kook. Yeah. You know what are you talking about? But if I'm if I'm also engaging in stuff that I think is kooky, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm choosing to believe <laughs> yeah. it actively. Then but I'm do you like, still kind of like label other people kooky without meaning to? Is that what you mean? No, no, no. I, I think what I'm saying is like. Is like uh, I'm like oh how cra- how crazy is Crystal Lady when I'm over here oh sure believing in dragons sometimes <laughs> yeah you know I think it just comes down to whatever you know whatever you want to believe then just go for it like I remember yeah. my sister I used to make fun of my sister growing up because whenever she would drive through a yellow light she would kiss her fingers mm-hmm. and then touch the top of the car yeah and yeah you know that yeah, move yeah, yeah. and I'd be like yeah. what are you doing she's like it's just a good luck thing and I'm, and I would just be like I was so like <coughs> I was so dismissive back then and pessimistic I'd be like it's dumb it's dumb to do anything yeah, yeah. like your high school boyfriend still hates you <laughs> oh <What>? god <laughs> oh my god I took that to a really so dark funny. place <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sad that's where my brain oh went. my gosh I can't believe how funny I thought but, that was <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting that you're realizing now that you saying it was stupid even if you think that her doing this did nothing you saying it was stupid certainly did nothing. Right, that exactly. was the least helpful. Like thing let her sure. let her believe it because it's not it's not doing anything to me. It's yeah. nothing. I am yeah. in no way. Of, it's like it's not like she did that. Took her hand off the wheel and then we got in a car accident. Yeah. And now I'm injured <laughs> for the rest yeah. of my life. Yeah, anything that makes the world a little bit more wondrous. Yeah. I like uh, you. Got, you brought up Bill Village the other day. There's a really great moment in the movie Signs where it's Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix are sitting on the couch and they're talking about. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix has that weird scenario where he almost kissed someone, but then she like threw up or something at a party. Yeah. He tells you he tells him the story like why he believes in I like God or like good like and I just remember that story. But it's so funny. I love when people share their stories of like you know I I'm not saying I'm not saying I believe in ghosts, but one time because uh, yeah. oh, sure. it's so personal and it's happened to them in such a visceral yeah. way that I'm like. I don't know. I just, I just, I just love moments like that. That we all like. That there is a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody asked me, told me a story the other day. They're like, "Well, what do you think? Was that a demon that mm-hmm. I experienced?" And I was like, "I can't answer that yeah, question yeah. for you. Yeah. But if it felt like one to you, and that's what that's what 
yeah. is is getting you by, then for sure. Yeah. Why not? Who cares? And people say that stuff knowing they're gonna sound kind of crazy, and yeah. they say it anyway. Which I yeah, I yeah. used to think I was the this is stupid. Yeah. But now I I super admire people like that just for having like the courage to like believe anything anymore. Yeah, totally. I I think it. I, I but just to to be fair though, I think it is a young man's game to be a little <laughs> bit like. Fuck you! Of course, only yeah. science. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm 17 and I figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so here's a here's a little bit of uh, of uh, trivia about the episode. Yes. Obviously, we mentioned this before. This is uh, remade with Scatman Carruthers uh, driving the ship uh, by Steven Spielberg in the Twilight Zone movie back in 1985 um, or 83, whenever the movie came out. Right. Um, he plays a guy. They renamed him Mr. Bloom. It's about a guy who's actually arriving at the old folks' home, so he's it's a little bit more immediate. Uh, he's like immediately wants to like get the hell out and leave. Um, yeah, the segment ends with uh, Conroy kicking uh, the can around the yard, hoping to recreate the spell that uh, that Mister Bloom uh, like triggered. Do you think Bloom is an intentional name? Uh, probably think, like of just like of growth and just kind sure. of you know it's a little yeah. on the nose, but I don't hate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, Mister Bloom is like more of a magical person in that, which is I think probably why you remember the episode being different. Yeah, is because he actually doesn't turn into a kid forever. Like he he stays back, old, right? and he right. leaves that old folks' home and moves into another retirement right. home to that's like right. spread more. Of that magic. Oh, around. that's smart. That's yeah. a that's a way different angle too. Yeah, yeah I like that take though. Yeah. That's yeah. good too. Are uh-huh. are the segments in the Twilight Zone movie roughly the length of an episode? I think they are. Yes, because yeah. there's four. Yeah, and it's yeah. about yeah, it's okay. about an hour and a half. So yeah, that would make sense. Because yeah. I uh, also like I, I really want to watch the Twilight Zone movie again, but I keep daydreaming about like us doing like an episode about it, so I'm like holding off. But mm-hmm. I should just do it. I just want to watch it. Yeah, I mean, let, I I say we should do it for the show. Yeah. We should we should. Uh, do a nice four-part episode for oh. whatever. Okay, so uh, some more uh, trivia. Um, uh, Barry, true. Okay, so it's a T R U E X. However you say that, like French. True. Barry Tru. David Whitley is the real life son of Ernest Trow, Charles Whitley. So the son. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like in the episode, the son that had one line. The son that had one line. <laughs> like, Dad, Dad. Also, like, why'd you let him get in the car with a suitcase? Right. Like, if yeah. you got a. And also, what were what? Why was he going to pick him up? Like, talk about. I didn't understand that because he gets in the car and then he just gets back out of the car. He spent no time with his son. Yeah. No. Like, <laughs> what was he going there to do? Right. <clears throat> yeah. Um, when I when I visit home and I see my grandmother at the old folks' home because she repeats herself a lot because she has forgotten that she said a thing already. And she always complains about the coffee at the old folks' home. And mm-hmm. she says that it's warm, it's not hot, and she hates this. And I know that it's a big deal to her because she brings it up all the time as an original thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've talked to the people at the place about it, and they do it on purpose so nobody burns themselves, which made a lot of sense oh, to me. Yeah. So now every time I visit my grandmother, I always like take her out for good coffee. Oh, Just that's because nice. it's like a little, it's yeah, such an nice. easy gesture, and I know it means like a lot to her. And also just for her to be able to leave. Yeah. It's amazing. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to Why Not Now. Yeah. Uh, why Not Now, I don't know if you were briefed on this or not, but Why Not Now yeah. is basically, like, what about the episode would make it hard to do today? Well, I want to start out by saying, first of all, uh, this episode all be recast. Uh, so if it's Why Not Now, you know, it's an old folks' home, so I'm thinking, like, uh, 
like, uh, you know, you'd have, like, Emma Stone in there. You'd have, <laughs> like, uh, you know, like, Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, you know, like, uh, like women who are past their prime. Yeah, you know? I'm a stone. She's she's old news at this point. She's what twenty eight. <laughs> I mean, just from Hollywood's perspective, you know, oh, if yeah. a, if a if a woman turns over the age of twenty one, they're practically dead already. So yeah, let's bring uh, Selena them Gomez back. just died. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> Selena Gomez right up there with yeah. Helen Mirren. Of course, <laughs> of course, all the men would be cast uh, exactly the same. They'd be old oh, people, God. right? Yeah, old men. <laughs> but because <laughs> you can always cast age appropriate men. Uh, but no, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, this episode, uh, it, it is a little timeless, isn't it? That's exactly what I wrote. Yeah. Absolutely timeless because yeah. they're not dealing with any technology or anything like that. It is just purely a state of mind and belief yeah, totally. that they're, that they're going off of. Yeah. And so there's nothing about it that has to stand in any sort of period. Totally. Like if this totally. had been cave people and they, all the uh-huh. old people were in a separate cave and I was like, <laughs> don't you understand that if we push the rock, like. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just a just a quick round of push the rock. Quick round of push the rock. Uh, I think the only the only thing is, um, and I don't think there's a problem necessarily with it right now, but there's a lot of like lines in the show that are alluding to the fact that children love to play outside, which isn't a huge oh, a good point. thing. Like like uh, there is a line that literally he says like children. They uh they just love it when they get some grass. Yeah, or they, like, which yeah. I, I thought was grass. a funny line to like twist into. Uh, yeah. They love to get fucking high, baby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think that is a thing. But I think kids still love to play. Maybe not kick the can, but go outside and throw a football around or. Yeah, I mean, I I don't see it really so much in Los Angeles, but I like to imagine the kids still like to go. Out I there. spend a lot of time in the park yeah. because I I like I I, I slackline a lot, mm-hmm. like you know, tightrope walk, yeah. and so I go to the park and I set it up. So I'm in the park like two or three times a week, and I see kids yeah. just running around yeah, and doing great. their thing. And I mean, of course, they're you know, I, I live in West Hollywood, and so I go to Pan Pacific Park, so it's all little Jew kids that are wearing full suits sure, and sure, sure. running around. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, they got the, the the suits with shorts. I sometimes. <laughs> I just hope it's breathable. Not they like, all look Whoa. like little guitar players for ACDC. <laughs> That's really fun. Just a bunch of Angus Youngs. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 it's one of the, th- it's one of the things I love about being in the park all the time and just going out, just being out there is just seeing the kids. I see kids just mm-hmm. run down the hill as fast as they can. Oh, yeah. You know, and there's like, they're like, yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Just from running down a hill. It's, totally. it's so beautiful. Yeah. It's just like, it's really nice because like, honestly, I work, I work at, I work at a theme park. I work at Universal Studios. And oh, I'm what do you do? What do you do at Universal? I sell tickets. Okay, um, cool. So I see, I see these kids, and literally they're just on their phone. Their dad's like, "What do you kids think? You want to do?" That? And the kids are just like, "I don't care, dad. Just whatever." <laughs> just like playing. On, I'm like, "Your dad is spending two hundred dollars for uh-huh. you to come do this thing, and you're just on your I phone." Being a little piece yeah. of shit. Like, oh, yeah, and so, but I, yeah, kids outside, man. It's just, it's, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, and I, I do, I, I, I almost had this hot take of like, well, nobody's plays outside anymore I think kids still do play outside like I think you're right if you go to a park if you if you go outside you'll probably find kids outside yeah uh, I, I I do think that obviously back then it was way more like kids were always outside kids were yeah. only ever outside yeah I think with the invention of like video games and and TV being like such you know such a big accessible thing probably not as much anymore. But I do... They probably wouldn't hit it as hard in the episode if it was written today about oh, how sure. much kids love to play outside. Yeah. But they definitely, it definitely could still be the same plot of, like, 
you know, a, a, an old people in an old folks home just wanting to, to seeing uh, kids or, or teenagers being so athletic and being active outside. Oh, totally. Um, Sometimes when I run, because like I love to run and I'll just go outside and run like a couple miles. Uh-huh. And I, whenever I run past someone old, I always feel like a little guilty. <laughs> like I'm showing off. Oh, dude. One time, I, one time I, 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 uh, I was running by someone in a wheelchair and I felt bad. So I literally stopped to an almost, pa- to a pace that I realized was almost mocking <laughs> more so than yeah. it was like, oh, yeah. sorry, I'm just going to walk by you as slowly <laughs> as possible. Sorry, I just became Simba in the Pride <laughs> Land. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the person in the wheelchair is like, yeah, that's more like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is the fantasy? The person in the wheelchair is like, I'll meet you halfway. And gets up and starts doing the same thing. Um, uh, I had two little why not now things. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking if this episode was made like in the future, uh, the old folks would see a kid playing like Candy Crush. Ooh. And be like, huh, back in the day when I... Why is it crush candy? Yeah. Candy crush. So then they all get out their phones and become young uh-huh. again. That's really silly. Uh, <laughs> and they all become like pieces of shit. That's almost like the, the Saturday Night Live version of this. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a very SNL or Mad TV type. Yeah. Uh, I also, this is just like a more practical thing, but I was thinking about, uh, in my experience, old folks' homes are very secure. Uh-huh. Like there's codes on the doors and shit like that. And it's uh, like there's a code to get in and to get out because they can't have people like wandering off and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like, uh, folks with dementia will just go missing Yeah, because they're not doing it on purpose. They just like get lost and don't know how to get back and stuff. So, uh, this, this place, this dude just like looked someone in the eye and had a suitcase and like walked out. Yeah. Uh, so it just like operates a little different now. Uh, I think it probably operate. Uh, it probably operates different for different people in the old folks' home. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's a prison. Like, because they are no. still free American citizens that can probably leave anytime they want. I do think though, if you're like in a medic, I think there's a, probably medical situations where you probably oh, have like, people on more yeah. lockdown than. Like when when I show yeah. up at the old folks' home, uh, like if I'm gonna pick my grandma up to take her to like dinner at my family's house, I have to like check her out. Like, wow. Like, yeah. Little, there's, you, like, a thing, and I have to, like, sign her back in and uh, stuff. Do you remember the episode of The Simpsons when Lisa frees the old people? <laughs> and they're all just basically, they're all so free, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, you know, you need, remember you need your medication. I'm like, medication? Is it medication time? Where's our medication? Where's yeah. our medication? And she's like, oh, no, I've turned them. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, one thing I forgot to mention, too, is uh, John, uh, uh, what's his name? John Marley is in this episode. John Marley's the, he plays the Mr. Cox, the... The guy who runs it and lives he, in his office. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the star of the movie uh, Faces. I just want to make sure everybody the John Cassavetes film Faces. Okay. Uh, I'm not familiar. He it, uh, it, it, it's there's there's gonna be like two listeners out there who're gonna be like I'm glad you brought that up. Bother <laughs> me too. Uh, yeah, because I saw this guy and I could not remember. I was like, how do I know this guy's face? And it's it's from it, John Cassavetes is like this uh, like cinema verite in the '60s, like kind of like. Uh, slick New York independent filmmaker. Yeah, I know who John Cassavetes uh, is. The, the movie Faces is like one of his big breakout films, and this guy was like, I've never seen him before or after, but he's like one of the stars of the film. Interesting. So, um, so that means he's yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a cool actor and does cool things. He's um, in the Both cool. this and yeah. Faces. Anyways, uh, <laughs> did you have another why not now? No, that was all my why not now. Okay, um, let's move on to twist on a twist. If the episode was five to ten minutes longer, what would we see? Um, 
I was thinking uh, the yeah, next day, Mr. Cox comes out, and there's just a bunch of dead old people in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. That's... <laughs> and he goes, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I actually, I really, I really like what I thought of for this is, uh, they, 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 so they all become kids again, but then they realize that they don't have anywhere to live. So they end up, so they end up sleeping in a dumpster until they're picked up by social services, at which point they're returned to an orphanage and they're right back living in a home, which is exactly what they were trying to escape <laughs> in the first place. That's so great. I love that because that is, it, it is also thematically accurate in represent and like a good representation of what the episode is doing which is like uh, people trying to escape from one prison only to end up in the next yeah. prison you yeah know? Uh, i had like a similar thing where i just i wrote down that like they now there's like this new problem with orphans yeah it's <laughs> just like all these kids that have nowhere to go yeah because it's like we're what was uh what happens when the game's over what was your next step right Did you think this through at all uh yeah. really not a thoroughly thought out plan. Just village of the damned out there. <laughs> Just scary little blonde kids running around. Uh, I also, I didn't know exactly how to do it, but I thought that uh, if somehow like the guys, the guy who works there comes out and like sees them playing this game, but they're like old people again. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mr. Is it Mr. Whitley? Mm, the Mr. Conroy? Who is it? The guy who plays no, yeah, the game. Whitley. Oh yeah, Whitley. He's yeah. just immediately lobotomized. <laughs> oh. Just like a, just oh, like a yes. one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Can't have this anymore. Type. Yeah. And then uh, there's like a Native American elderly person at the home who smothers him with a pillow. Oh god! It's just one flew over the cuckoo's. Yeah, yeah. You just—it ends the same way. Yeah, I just saw that. Uh, The music, also by the way, I I don't know if you noticed, was quite good. I didn't. The reason why I like it so much is it's from it's it's taken from my favorite episode of the Twilight Zone, Walking Distance. Okay. Which was uh, Bernard Herrmann composed this original score for that one episode, and then they just use it again for this one. Oh, perfect. But uh, I like it. It does work. It's good. Yeah, it does work. There's a lot of episodes about like. Turning back into a child, turning or back time, returning. going back to yeah. I mean, it's all part of it's all. There's a lot of themes about mortality and just uh-huh. about 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 death as a sure. whole, and you know, it, there is you know we're all we're all just ticking clocks, and yeah. like it really, it's that's like I said earlier, like deteriorating is the biggest thing that I fear. Oh, totally. is it really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just I don't because I honestly I live I live I do whatever I want to do for the most part, and I try to stay healthy and I try to stay active, and I like I said like there will be a day when I will. Go go to do a cartwheel and my arm will just snap and mm-hmm. I will just be like, oh, that's it. I can't sure. do it anymore. Uh, I was, I wrote this down cause I wanted to ask, what is it that you guys do to stay young? Like, like, I mean, I kind of mean like a specific thing, but also it can be like as a state of mind or sure. what is it that you do? I personally, I don't take anything very seriously. My, my life as a whole is like, I try to just treat it like, who cares? We're all just here. Let's just have fun. I don't, I choose to like not pay attention to the news and politics uh-huh. and things like that. I know what's going on, but I don't focus on any of it. So I just try to be, I try to, I, I go to a lot of festivals and I go to a lot of concerts and I go to a lot of parties. I go slacklining in the park. I do things that, like yesterday I went slacklining, then I played basketball and then I went swimming. And like it was just these things that was just like, I live in Los Angeles, it's November, I can do these things. That's so great. I try yeah. to just always take advantage of the fact that I'm, you know, that I still have a very able body and yeah. mind. And so I should, t- and I should do all the things I can do 
with it yeah. uh, while I can. But really, not not taking things too seriously is the... I don't act... I don't... I'm a responsible person, but I don't act like an adult, you know? Yeah. Like, I am an adult, but... And I, and I, and I take care of all the things I need to, but... I don't feel like an adult. Very good. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah, a really that's good one. All I do is eat candy. Like, oh, that was your thing? That's a way better look. No, I yeah. mean, I have been known to eat an amount of candy. But... Yeah. Well, what's your, what's yours? I got an answer, but um, I don't know what yours is. I, th- I think, like, making a, like, a conscious effort to, like, be goofy and just, like, not take stuff mm-hmm. too seriously. Like, I love, uh, like, being loud in public yeah. is really funny to me because it's, like, a taboo that doesn't really, uh-huh. like, hurt anybody. Right. Yeah. It's just kind of a... Yeah. Like singing is can yeah. be fun just to be like a weirdo. Sure. Um, I'm try. I don't. I don't do. Uh, clearly, I don't do enough. Like Alex wasn't. I did not prime him for this question in any way. Uh-huh. But he had like this list of stuff. Is I just yeah. I feel I always I feel like a little kid because it's part of my mentality of just uh-huh. like of like I'm not, I'm not an old person. Like I don't mm-hmm. want. I'm I'm that's the furthest thing away from what I want to be. I just, I want to be inspiring and youthful and I want to believe in things. Yeah. And so I just choose to not really look at the reality when people, when people like, well, like people, when people are like the world is ending. Don't you understand? I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, <laughs> people have said that about every single like, po- like political thing or major like disaster that's ever happened. They're like the world's ending. Don't you understand? Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. It's going to continue on with or without us, but it's going to continue. Right. Oh, Totally. Uh, my my thing is like uh, it's 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 similar to Alex's, but it's like less uh, physically active. It's more of a mental exercise. Because uh, in my in, in my opinion, if I was to write this episode, it would be different in that like uh, it's not playing kick the can that keeps you young. It's like having old ideas that makes you old. If that makes sense. Oh like, sure. Uh, so one thing that I try to actively do is like uh, not ever be set in my ways of like thinking. This is Smart. especially this yeah, is yeah, especially yeah. important when it comes to politics, especially important when it comes to like social issues and stuff. Is like because if I was the same as I was when I was actually young, my ideas would be like insane. Yeah. And a lot of people that I went to high school with, like that's kind of that's where it ends. Like they listen to the same bands. Yeah. You know they uh, they kind of feel the same way politically and about to women change. and about yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. just like a complete abandon of one's like point of view to comp- to always concede to what is new and being presented to you culturally that is like to me because i really do think like looking at my dad and looking at like his dad and like looking at like my older family members to me that's when you start to die that's the road to death is when you when you put away what's trending on twitter and you get out the World War II history book. <laughs> right. And you start getting into Hitler. You, you know always, what I mean? Like you that. You should learn. You should always, you should <laughs> oh, never totally. l- lose that desire yeah. to just, to learn new things all the time. Because yeah. that, that will keep you fresh and keep you interested. Yeah. And like whether it just be, it be reading or just talking yeah. to people for extended periods of time, listening to other people's point of view yeah. and not immediately just thinking you're wrong and just yeah. go, well, what makes you feel that way? Yeah. Why shouldn't, why? Because everyone's allowed to feel whatever they want to feel. But it's when you... That's my biggest thing. Like, we talked about religion a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, my biggest thing is just people are like, this is the way it is. Yeah. It's, it's like, it doesn't have to be. Like, right. it's just... Yeah. It, what if everybody else's ideas are okay, too? And yeah. it's okay that we all believe whatever we want. Totally. And what if things expand and they change over time? Like, that's more, I think, the reality. Is that, you know, like... Uh, 
with even with like religious ideas, it's like, yeah, sure, this was for then, but like mm. as time, I think you can still be religious and be and live in a modern day society and be changed and be affable and be fluid about your belief system. Totally. If your beliefs by and also by the way, hot tip, if your belief system is worth it, it does it can account for expansion and change. Definitely. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like locked into like gay people can't get married. You know sure. what I mean? If if that's like what it's like you're already people who thought that their time is already gone. So much in the fact that it's straight up legal <laughs> right now. So I it's think like... it's one of the most important things the internet has done. As, as much as it is, it, as much as it is, so people say it's ruining a generation. People are sharing all these things where it's just like, who cares yeah. if yeah, like who cares if gay people get married? Gay people getting married, we we're gonna look at that. We look at that the same way as like, what do you mean, black people use separate totally, water fountains? Yeah. It's all that stuff. It's just like. Who yeah. cares? Because everyone realizes you're all in the same thing together and the yeah. internet has made it so that you're not isolated anymore. Right. You hear and see other people's ideas and yeah. that it's impossible to not at least be like, oh, okay, I yeah. can sympathize or empathize with any with that. Yeah. You get, you get into murky waters when you start to become this kind of person who fights for tradition. You know, like who oh, like, sure. gets really stuck on like, the Ghostbusters are men and they'll oh. always be men and yeah. they'll never be not men. You know, it's like, it's like, that's, yeah. that's when you, you're really in dicey territory when that kind of stuff becomes so important to you that you're unable to grow yeah, exactly. and change yeah. and see stuff in a different way. Also, I think just like letting yourself be excited about something and letting other people be excited about stuff too. Is yeah. another way that we keep ourselves totally. young just because like anybody that thinks it's like juvenile yeah. To be excited, that's, like, a huge part of the problem. Totally. To and also, you know, it, it might seem annoying to you, but get on the latest, like, technology oh thing. Oh, my God, yeah. Get, I, 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 there's a lot of people my age, I'm 30, who hate, like, I'll never learn Snapchat. Maybe figure it out. Just figure it out. Like, I, saw I don't that know. Yesterday, I'm 32. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was like yesterday. I was like, I'm never going to do Snapchat. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows? Snapchat yeah. is a big blind spot for me, particularly. That's why I'm like literally preaching to the choir. But it's like, I'm telling myself what I'm telling other people, which is like, just learn it. Just learn what yeah. the thing is. Instead of being like, oh man, all these kids and their Snapchat. It's like, you're dying, sir. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't like, worry about it. Just <laughs> do it. Just figure it out. My Aunt Nancy is like 70 years old uh -huh. and she has an iPhone and she texts me. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, she, like, that's great. she has her like reading glasses down and she does yeah. this and does it with one finger and she sends me emojis. Yeah, She's that's great. My mom signs her tweets with her name. That's I, so I, I've told cool. her so many times, like, mom, you don't have to do that. <laughs> I know who it is. <laughs> Know who it is. We all yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, but just they're just they're doing it. And I think that's what's really important. That they're not uh myopic or resistant in any way. This is a, has a lot to do with uh what was the episode we watched with Adam Payson where the guy mm. forgets language? Oh yeah, wordplay. Wordplay. Yeah. Just like not being resistant to new ideas. Yeah, I think so. Uh, guys, that's about all the time we have today. Man, Alex Hooper, thank you so much for joining this was us. This a blast, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, we certainly appreciate it. Taking time out of your day to come uh, yeah. talk to a couple of 
Uh, they made me guys. come to Glendale. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> yeah. And also, we apologize every time someone has to come to Glendale. So sorry. No, it's nice. I come uh, here once every like two months. It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's a nice little break to see how the other side lives. Same boat, same boat. Uh, what do you, it, what do you got to yeah, plug? yeah. What do you want to play, bud? Um, so, uh, at, at Hooper Hair Puff is on my social media. My album comes out in February through a special thing records. And right now, you can purchase a Pug Yoga. 2018 wall calendar yeah. invite silliness into your life every single day <laughs> of 2018 with my pug and I doing yoga all over the city of Los Angeles. <laughs> Go to pugyogacalendar.com and hoopercomedy.com. That's great. Uh, Ronnie, got anything you want to plug? Uh, no. I, okay. I thought that I did for a second and I don't. Yeah. Uh, Sundays. Every Sunday at... Uh, at uh, the iOS Theater or the UCB Theater, you can see a show that I've either, either written for or I'm performing in uh, at 7 p.m. Pick, pick either one. Um, other than that, I think that uh, that wraps it up. Yeah, we did it. All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. My name is Jeremy Schmidt. I'm Ron Leclerc. Good night. Need the more kids in the bed. In the bed. Where they have. There were kids in the beds. Good evening, Miss Cox. Well, they're old now. Tally ho! Welcome to Sherwood, my lady. What's the guy? The greetings from you. What are you doing in here, you little ragamuffin? How dare you come in here at this hour of the night and frighten these people? <laughs>